last Sunday I talked to you about some of the ways that our UU tradition has failed people of color, how we have fallen short of our aspiration to be a truly welcoming faith. There is some good news in this. If nothing else, the good news is there is so much work for us to do inside these walls and also out in the world. If you haven't noticed yet, this world of ours needs us. Anybody else notice that? <laughs> if you have, come to the social justice conversation today at noon, please. Today I want to lift up our potential, our giftedness, the possibilities that lie before us. Because even with the struggles of these days, I am generally hopeful about what lies ahead. At least on my better days, I sense that the pains of this time are just the birth pangs of a new era, a time of expansion, of more liberty and more justice for more people. The problem right now, at least one of the problems right now, is that some folks are fearful about the changes that are happening, as if change doesn't always happen, sometimes in fits and starts. But some folks are afraid of this. They are worried about what they might lose. They assume that there's a limited amount of human rights to go around, that you getting your freedom somehow diminishes mine, that you having more opportunity means somehow I would have less. But that's not how it works. There isn't a limited amount of love or justice in the world. We can create as much of that as we want to, right? Our worship theme, as you've heard for January, is unity and diversity. It's not unity or diversity, as if you have to choose one or the other, though some people do act that way. When I was a kid, we were taught that our country was like a melting pot, where people from different nations and cultures who came would all be assimilated into this stew, I guess, that we call America. But is that how it works, and is that really a helpful image? Should any of us give up our ethnic heritage or our regional differences, whatever it is that makes us who we are, in order to be an American? I'm heading down to North Carolina on Tuesday where my mom lives and my uncle and a bunch of cousins, where I grew up and where 
in some ways, even though I've lived in New England for almost 30 years, still feels like home in that kind of deep way of home. And one of the things I'm looking forward to, I have to drive my wife up to the mountains, and on the way back, I'm going through this little town called Shelby, where my uncle for years has told me about this barbecue place. And he thinks it's the best barbecue place in the world. And I'm going to find out, because I told him I'm going to pick up some of that barbecue and bring it back, and we're going to have supper together. And I'm looking forward to walking into that barbecue place and hearing all those people talk Southern and tasting that food and maybe getting a sweet tea to go. And... My wife used to laugh at me when we lived in D.C. We would start heading south, and I'd stop at a gas station somewhere in Virginia, and she said, you could just turn that southern accent right back up. <laughs> and I wasn't even aware that I was doing it. Um, rather than a melting pot, I think a better image for our nation is like a tapestry like we heard from Maya Angelou earlier, with threads of different fabric worn, woven together. Or another image is of a mosaic made of different sizes and shapes and colors that combine to make something beautiful and more than the sum of the individual parts. When you come to this church, we don't ask you to give up whatever religious heritage you may have come from or grown up with, unless you want and need to do that. For me, it was the openness and the freedom of UUism that allowed me the space and the encouragement to go back and explore and recover and redeem parts of the tradition that had formed me. It was from being in a UU congregation that held me that I was able to do that soul work. And this has been nourishing and liberating for me in ways I could have never imagined, recovering parts of my past that I thought had been lost to me. So, if you asked if it's possible to melt away or if it's desirable to wash away the experiences and the culture that formed us, I would say no. Because I believe that we are each born to be particular people. And that it is through embracing who we are, our light and our shadow, that then we are able to enter into deeper relationships with others and with the mystery and wonder of life. Some people and some institutions just don't get that. They see that as just too much uncertainty they see diversity as a threat and try to impose this oftentimes top-down uniformity in order to keep people controlled and in line. But that's not what we believe here. 
We affirm that our individuality and our diversity is our birthright. It comes as original blessing and that we are invited to embrace and celebrate and share as best we can the fullness of who we are. In the Holy Quran, the Holy Scripture of Islam, Allah says this, O people, we have formed you into nations and tribes so that you may know one another. The Quran says we are different so that we might know one another, not so we will fear or demonize or hurt one another. One of the things I love about being a religious leader in these days is that the walls between different traditions have become much more porous. The people just out Canoza Avenue at the new Islamic temple in Haverhill have been so welcoming of people from other faith traditions to come and share in their rituals and celebrations. And our Haverhill clergy group has been getting better at fostering better relations between clergy from an increasingly diverse range of traditions and cultures. We have learned how to be more open with one another and respectful of one another, and not to water down our differences, but rather to look for what we can work on together. Unity and diversity are not supposed to be separated or against or in competition with one another. Rather, to the extent that we do our own work and know who we are, mindful of our gifts and our limitations, then is when we are able to reach out to others. When my wife Tracy and I were married, one of the prayers that was said as part of that service said this. It said, give them such fulfillment of their mutual affection that they may then reach out in love and concern for others. Isn't this how it works? You can't give what you don't have. But when you feel grounded and whole and free, then you can share that with others. And you want to share it, yes? And we need one another. You heard this in the words from the black UU minister, Mark Morrison Reed. This is why we have communities like this one, he says. This is the central task of the worshiping community, to invite the spiritual presence, to unveil the connectedness of all humanity through the story of life, and thus to reveal this universal truth which is only discovered amid the particulars of our lives and the lives of others. Once felt, it inspires us to act for justice. We forget, and it seems like so many things conspire to make us forget, that we are meant to be one human family, 
we forget, so we need to be reminded. We aren't all the same. And isn't it good that we're not? Can you imagine? But when you come into that mysterious presence, however that happens and however you understand that, whether you're looking up at a starry night sky or holding a newborn baby or singing together in church or joining hands with others to work for justice, then you know, don't you, that we are more connected than we understand most of the time. You know deep in your bones that we are all in this together. You feel it, right? You know that we are here to see and behold and know one another. And that our capacity for love and understanding is always able to grow a little bit. So we open our arms a little wider and we open our hearts a little wider. I'm ever grateful that we have this community, that we have one another, and also that we have this beautiful and fragile planet that we inhabit. This blue-green island home spinning through space, bringing us night and day and the seasons that come and go. When the troubles of the world get too much for me, when they get too much for you, I hope you know how to be in touch with the goodness of this earth, how to touch the wonder and the mystery all around Poet Mary Oliver, in her life, has been no stranger to struggle. She writes about this, how each day we are given this gift of this earth. And she writes, if it is your nature to be happy, you will swim along the soft trails for hours, your, imagining, your imagination alighting everywhere. And if your spirit carries within it the thorn that is heavier than lead, if it's all you can do to keep on trudging, there is still somewhere deep within you a beast shouting that the earth is exactly what it wanted. Each pond with its blazing lilies is a prayer heard and answered lavishly every morning whether or not you have ever dared to be happy, whether or not you have ever dared to pray. My prayer is that you will know and that you will remember this, that you are beloved on this earth, that if it is hard for you to trust that right now, that you will have companions who will keep whispering it in your ear. And you will hear that 
spirit that is around us and in us saying it to you are beloved on this earth. My prayer is that you will trust that you are here for something. That you will see your life as a gift and a blessing. That you are here to share with others. As we sing sometimes, to build the common good and make our own days glad. So in the days to come, may we be people of faith and courage and goodwill, loving and supporting one another and reaching out to welcome and embrace those we haven't met yet. May this be our prayer and our song, the light of hope and love here shines upon each face. May it bring faith to guide our journey home so that one day we will all get there together. Amen.